Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. Are you thankful to be in the house of the Lord this morning? (laughs) Come on, give Him praise one more time. Hallelujah. Thank you, worship team. Come on, give Him a praise like you mean it this morning. Hallelujah. We give you glory, Jesus. We give you honor, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Is anybody glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Hey, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Clearly, I'm not Pastor John. My name is Atira. I'm the minister of music here at the Building Christian Fellowship, and I just want to welcome you. I want to welcome you to the Building Christian Fellowship, whether you join us in person or you're online. Thank you so much. Out of all the places that you could be on a Sunday morning, you decided to fellowship with us. We do not take it for granted. We're so grateful that you are here, and our hearts are full because of it. Amen? So, real quick, I just want to get an idea who I'm talking to this morning. Can I get everybody to stand to their feet? Everybody's able to stand. I just, I just want to check something. Just want to see, check the room real quick, okay? <clears throat> if you're in the house and you're married, I need you to raise your hand. Raise it high. Raise it high, okay? Amen, amen, amen. If you're single in the house, make some noise. Oh, married people, married people, keep your hand up. Keep your hand raised, okay? Single people, make some noise in the house. Okay, now single people, what I want you to do, I want you to find somebody with their hand raised. I want you to find somebody with their hand raised, okay? And I want you to look them dead in the face and tell them to sit down. (laughs) Sit down. Because today is Single People Sunday, okay? Yeah, that's right. That's right. All the singles in the house say, ow. (laughs) If you got some trouble figuring out whether or not you're single, if you are not married, that means you're single. If you are dating someone and you're not married, you're single. If you don't have a spouse, you're single. If you have a partner and it's somebody else's spouse, you're extremely single. Okay? Let's be clear. Let's be clear. Let's be clear in the house of the Lord. Amen? I'm going to stop meddling. I'm going to stop meddling, okay? (laughs) Listen, I I mean, did I I offend somebody this way? But you know what? The truth usually offends you before it makes you free. And we're all about... We're all about the spirit of truth and freedom in this place. So, um, <laughs> can you tell this has been on my heart for a, <laughs> for a minute? But no, seriously, in all seriousness, we love, I love every single person in this room, and so does Jesus. And, um, you know, February is the month of love, and, you know, we had, we had Pastor John and Kaya come and do their little coffee date Sunday. And um, I, I just felt it was appropriate, and, and that... that I let you guys know, those who are single, that the Lord has not forgotten about you. Amen? So whether you're single, never been married, you, you're, you're, you're courting someone, you're on your way to the, to down the aisle, or if you've been there, done that, and are divorced or separated, I believe that there's a word for you this morning. And you married folks, don't you check out on me because there's a word for you this morning too. Okay? 
So um, if you have your Bibles, I'd like you to turn with me to Psalm 27, verse 4. Psalm 27, verse 4. Okay. This is our key text for this morning. It says, one thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in his house, inquire in his temple, and behold the beauty of the Lord. And that's the AJV. That's the Atira Johnson paraphrase version. Okay? I know it's up on the screen, but let me just tell you why this is so ingrained in my heart. We're going to get into it today. Okay? One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in his house and inquire in his temple and behold the beauty of the Lord. Pray with me this morning. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your presence in this place, Lord. Father, I thank you for your truth, your word that sets free, Lord God, that removes burdens, that destroys yokes. We thank you for your anointing being made available in the house, Lord. And I pray for each and every person under the sound of my voice, whether here physically or virtually, Lord, I thank you, Father God, that they would lean in into your truth this morning, Lord God, that their hearts are open, their eyes are open, their hearts are ready to receive the engrafted word of God that is able to save our souls this morning, Lord God. Father, I thank you that your heart would be communicated clearly today, clearly today, Lord. We thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, everybody that agrees said amen. Amen. Okay, so one thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in his house all the days of my life, and to behold the beauty of the Lord. Hallelujah. So for you note takers this morning, the title of today's message is Living Single. Automatically, the theme song to We Are Living, Hey, Single. I know I'm probably dating myself on that. Some of you older folks, Cameo Single Life started playing in your head, right? But today I'm talking about living single. And while I'm speaking in context of those who are not married, married people, again, don't check out, okay? We're talking about living single. And when I say single, I'm talking about singleness of heart, okay? Singleness of heart refers to soul devotion to a task or a cause. In this case, we are talking about a person, and that person is God. Singleness of heart. For those of you who don't know, I'm single, (laughs) serving Jesus all the days of my life. Amen. But I want to talk to you guys about singleness of heart. And that, that applies to everybody, whether you're, whether you're married or you're single or you're divorced, whatever, whoever that is somebody, anybody that is somebody, this applies to you. This applies to us. Okay. And what I want to do this morning, I'm a, I'm an inverted pyramid type person. Those of you who don't know, or if anybody's ever been in mass media journalism, taking the class, you know what inverted pyramid method is. It's basically, you get to the point first, you build the, the pyramid point down point out. Do you get what I'm saying? So you start with the point and you build out, right? So what I want to do today is share with you, uh, just reach into my vulnerability and share with you where God has met me in, um, in, my, in my singleness, okay? So I want you guys to remember um, the plight of Israel, the children of Israel, the whole story. God's, God has made an oath. God made an oath with Abraham and he swore by himself. Usually a covenant, excuse me, a covenant requires two people, right? But this covenant that God made with Abraham, he made and swore on his own self by his own, by his own name. 
he, it was on him to keep it. Usually in a covenant, there are two or more parties that have to, to, to own up and cop to an agreement, their portion of an agreement, right? But the Lord decided to make a covenant with Abraham on his own. On his own, it said Abraham slept while he made a covenant. And the covenant he made was that he'd make him the father of many nations, right? And the intent was always that the children of Israel would turn their hearts to the father. That's not what happened. And, and that is the plight. And you see situation after situation after situation that Israel got into where they were worshiping false gods. They, were, they, they got commingled with these people that, that the Lord told them specifically to take out and annihilate, right? But he told them, he, and, and he told them why. But the thing was this, he wanted, to, and I wanted him to annihilate those neighbors in there because they were pagan, they worshiped false gods, and it was going to carry, they were going to catch fleas, if you know what I'm saying. You lay down with dogs, you, you get up with fleas, right? They took on some of their pagan practices and began to worship false idols and their hearts went astray. This is all throughout the Old Testament and even, even now, right? If we're honest, let's bring, it, let's bring it home. You know, our hearts are divided. As much as we want to look like they're not, they're divided amongst desires that are in our hearts. And here's the thing is that the Lord, it says, and I'm so getting ahead of myself, and forgive me if I'm talking fast. I, get, I'm, I I'm talk fast when I get excited, okay? But um, let me slow down real quick. Take a, take a drink of water real quick. Pause. You guys worship amongst yourselves real quick. We're talking about singleness of heart this morning, okay? So I'm not going to get into the actual uh, book of it, but um, there's prophets throughout the Old Testament that the Lord specifically sent to his children, to the nation of Israel to, to speak on his behalf, right? We know that, right? So, and it was specifically about their, uh, their divided heart how they had gone, what, the, what he said, a, a whoring. That's what the KJV said. They'd gone a whoring and, and, and set up idols amongst themselves and worship things that were not him. So I'm going to tell you, I'm, I want to talk and refer to you, uh, reference the story of Hosea. Anybody familiar with the story of Hosea? Okay, so the book is a beautiful book. So throughout the Old Testament, it was, it was uh, normal for the Lord to raise up prophets to speak on his behalf. And there was a particular prophet by the name of Hosea that the Lord did something very peculiar with, very peculiar with. Now, um, a, another prophet that was around his time, I don't know whether they lived around the same, the same time or they were consecutively, their lives were, you know, around the same, uh, around the same time period was Amos. And the difference, the contrast between Amos and Hosea was that Amos just heard and he delivered. He heard what the word of the Lord was, and he spoke it to the children of Israel, okay? But the difference was with Hosea is the Lord told Hosea, you're going to be a different kind of prophet because I'm going to have you marry a prostitute. I'm going to have him marry a prostitute and then deliver the word that I'm, that I'm, that I'm giving you to, to, give to, to deliver to Israel. Because the nation has gone a-whoring from me, have prostituted themselves out to other gods, I want you to, pre- I want you to deliver my word with a conviction. Now my heart, now Hosea is, is, is not just the prophet of the Lord, but his heart is connected in a very peculiar, very real way to the nation of Israel because he's living the heartbreak that God is speaking to him through. Singleness of heart we're talking about this morning, okay? So I don't want to spoil the story, but 
Hosea goes and marries this prostitute. And let me tell you how bad stuff was, okay? She says she bore him a son. She bore him a son. And then she had two more children. Doesn't say that they were Hosea's, but their names. Get a load of their names. One of them meant not of my people, and the other one was not loved. Not loved and not of my people. Just to give you an idea, she was wilding out. But again, this is a type and shadow of Israel. This is a picture of what Israel is doing to the heart of God. And in the midst of it, in the midst of it, because in Hosea, if you look, if you read the book, the Lord is going off and he is not happy about what is going on. The unfaithfulness of Israel, their hearts are far away from him. Their hearts are far away. Somebody say their hearts. Their hearts are far away from him. And as much as as the disdain as God spoke to them, he spoke of a plan of redemption for them. He spoke of a plan of redemption for them. And and the whole guys and the whole theme of the book of Hosea is how God is married to the backslider and how redemption has always been a part of his plan. But what I want to bring it home today is I found something very disturbing with my life and my time, whereas I found myself in Gomer's shoes. That was Hosea's wife's name was Gomer. I found myself in, in Gomer's shoes. I've, now, now, I've grown up in church and, and, you know, been serving Jesus for a long time. But I found myself in Gomer's shoes. Okay? No, I wasn't out being physically promiscuous. But with the heart, my heart was far away. My heart was far away. And it matters. Um, First Samuel, when, when Samuel went to... Jesse's house and he was looking to anoint the next king of Israel he's looking at you know Jesse has paraded all his sons but one of them in front of him and Samuel's like dude are you you sure this is all this is all of them are you sure because back in the day it's not like how prophets be on tv and stuff like now you gave a word as a prophet back then and it wasn't true dude you were cut off you were cut you were done no, no moving to another town and start striking up another ministry. No, you're done. You're cut off. So Samuel's like, Jesse, are you sure this is all your sons? And, and so the last one before David is presented to Samuel, Samuel's thinking, this surely has to be the one. This has got to be the one. Look at him. He's, he's you know, he's, he's, looking, he's looking at how tall he is and his muscles and, and how he looks on the outside. And the Lord corrected Samuel and said, man looks on the outward appearance, but I'm looking at your heart. And I just want to remind you in the house this morning, while you may be serving, while you may be doing all the, going through all the motions, and while you may have all the, 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 the actions and behaviors down, God is looking at your heart. He is still a searcher of hearts and discerner of motives. Okay, and I know this from experience because God stopped me in my tracks. And like I said this morning, I'm here to share with you where the Lord has met me, has met me in my spiritual prostitution and divided dividedness of my own heart and how he has redeemed me and returned me to himself. Amen. Um, I, you know, I specifically want to talk to those people who are single in the house this morning who feel like maybe God has forgotten about you. And um, unbeknownst to you, you may be bitter. And the thing of this about bitterness is you, you're the, usually the last one to know that you're bitter. Because the, uh, seriously, you're the last one to know that you're bitter. And, you, and, and the thing that kind of tips you off to, that, to the, the fact that you might be bitter is you're looking around and the crowd's getting real thin. Nobody wants to be around anybody that's bitter, Right? Even more so, we're talking about living with singleness of heart, living single 
You guys with me this morning? Okay. So um, one thing, one thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after. And for me, for a long time, it wasn't to dwell in his house. It wasn't to inquire in his temple and to behold his beauty. The one thing that I've always wanted is, I, I, it wasn't much. You know what I'm saying? It was to be, it was to be married and have a family and serve in the house of the Lord. Now, I've had this, I've had this dream in my heart for a long time, as long as I could remember. And I remember, I, I, you know, I graduated high school. The Lord spoke to me to go to Bible college. I went out there, spent three, three years in uh, Columbus, Ohio, went to World Harvest Bible College, graduated with honors, everything. And um, when the Lord spoke to me to move back home, I didn't know it. I didn't know it then, but now that I look back, I was depressed. And the reason why I was depressed is because I was disillusioned. I had looked at my life and I was like, you know what, Lord, I've lived a life that you promised that you would you would honor. I've lived my I've given my life to you. There was a sense of entitlement. I was living with a sense of entitlement, and I felt like God owed me something. And it was like, well, all this is all I want. This is all I want. All I wanted was to be married, have a family, and serve in the local church. That was it. And I've served you all these years, and there were some, some blow-ups and stuff that had happened in my life at the time that led me to the point where I was just like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do me now. I'm going to do me now. And um, I just remember, I remember I went to a, a prayer meeting, and I remember I had gotten a, a word from the Lord. Somebody spoke a word over me. And... Um, it's funny because when you think of a prophetic word, you, you think of, oh, that's exciting. Like, what did they speak over you? They speak, usually speak destiny and stuff like that. And I remember the young lady, I don't, can't remember her face, can't remember her name, but I remember what she said to me. I, I remember she said, I see you in a beautiful wedding dress, and I see you coming down the aisle to meet your groom. And my heart got so excited, so excited, because I was thinking, man, okay, cool. Like, this is, it's, it's going to happen. It's going to happen, Right. And then she said one more thing that changed the whole dynamic. She said, I don't see, she's like, I don't know whether he's a natural groom or a spiritual groom. But I see you in your dress. I see you, I see you coming down the aisle. And, and I tell you, man, to say that my heart sank is an understatement. It's an understatement. Because, again, this is all I had wanted in my life was I just wanted to be married. I wanted a family. And I wanted to serve, I just wanted to serve the Lord in the local church, right? So I remember, I, I mean, I wrote it down. I wrote, because I wrote it down right before that last part, and that I omitted that last part, but my heart knew what the Lord had said to me, right? So years had gone through, years, years had gone by, and, and I still carried disappointment. And I, I felt the disappointment kind of settle into kind of apathy. And I'll never forget, because I'm wrestling. I'm, I'm, mind you, I wrestled with this word for years and because it was like I wanted it so bad to be a natural I wanted it so bad to be a natural groom that that the Lord had for me that the lady saw and now you know how like you try to superimpose your will on a prophetic word and you're like well you know where well, he, he's got to be somewhere around here Lord you know but uh the longer time went and the more the longer I was single the more I started feeling some type of way towards the Lord and I'll never forget I was in Rayleigh's in Susun. And, you know, I, I talk to myself and I think, you know, there's always a constant conversation going on in my head. And I remember <laughs> I was sitting at the check, I was standing in the check stand waiting to be checked out. And I said to myself, <laughs> I said to myself, I said, well, 
I guess I guess I'll be a bride either way. You know, we are the bride of Christ. I'm a bride either way. So if I don't get married, then, you know, whatever. And I felt the Lord say so quickly and sharply, but with full of love and conviction. He says, I am not a consolation prize. And it stopped me in my tracks. He said, I'm not a consolation prize. And he said, how would you feel? If the man that you loved and gave everything for looked at you, was like, okay, yeah, I guess. I'll settle. I guess. Singleness of heart. My heart was far away. One thing I desired of the Lord and what I sought after was not him, not to be in his house, not to behold his beauty. It was marriage. Now, here's, here's, here's where you fill in the blank. For you, it may not be marriage. It may be a career. Maybe it's a child. Whatever it is that you feel that God has promised you. You know, and growing up in, in the church, there is something that people refer to often as purity culture. They always put toxic in front of it. Everything's toxic now, right? Toxic purity culture. And, 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 and that referred to a lot of times was it was just the message crumb came across the pulpit. It was like, hey, young ladies, keep your legs closed. Young men, keep it in your pants and, and, and wear a ring. You know what I'm saying? Like, behave. Do the right things. Follow the rules. All this stuff, but it never really dealt with your heart. And another scripture that a lot of times was quoted was Psalms 37.4. I believe that's what it is. But it said, delight yourself also in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. And a lot of times what that translates to is pretend that you're satisfied with God enough to you to get what you really want. Pretend to be satisfied with the Lord. And, and it was like, and I saw it played out because game recognized game because I was there too, right? I was playing the role. I was, I was like, I'm totally satisfied with Jesus. Yes, you know, and, and oh, I could just, I'd just be fine because the, but at the, in the, the reality of it was, I was convinced in my heart that Jesus was not enough. Jesus was not enough, and it's because of our own brokenness. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever, that I might inquire in his temple and behold the beauty of the Lord. And what my message is to you, if you're single in here, I don't want you to waste your season of singleness by searching for what won't satisfy. I don't want you to waste your single season on searching for what won't truly satisfy you. Psalm 27, 4 talks about beholding the beauty of the Lord. Behold means to look upon. Means to look upon. And let me tell you something that happens when you look upon Jesus. Actually, I think it's in Isaiah chapter 1. It says, I saw the, I saw the Lord seated on the throne and the train of his robe filled the temple with glory. And, and, and what, did it, what was his response? It was, oh, woe is me. Woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips. That's what happens when you behold the Lord is you become aware of who you really are. You become of what you become aware of what you really are in an undeniable, very real way. That's why a lot of times we'll settle for a glance, but we won't behold the beauty of the Lord. Our attention is already caught up elsewhere in that thing that we're truly pursuing, that one thing that we're truly pursuing, and it's not him. Our hearts are divided. Our hearts are divided. But again, the one, the Lord that the one that the lover of our soul wants to 
bring us back to himself. And Hosea talks about how he would, he would whisper sweet things in her ear. He's talking about Israel, talking about you and I, our hearts that have gone astray. He's saying, I will whisper sweet nothings in her ear and bring her back to me. I will romance her back to me. And the thing is this, is that if you're so promiscuous, so spiritually promiscuous, you won't realize the covenant that you have at home that you're walking away from. Are you, am I, are you guys with me? Y'all are quiet this morning. <laughs> One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after. So back to this story is I remember I was at, I was at Rayleigh's, and when the Lord spoke, spoke that to me, it, it rocked me. It really rocked me. So I'm not a consolation prize. I was like, wow. And it really just, it, that was the beginning of my one thing, Psalm 27, for true pursuit of him, the one thing in my life. And uh, I just want to say this morning, um, a lot of times we are so caught up in trying to cover up our brokenness. A lot of times it's, it's unbeknownst to us. And it's our brokenness that keeps us searching for what won't truly satisfy. When, it, when the Lord's saying, if you just turn around and look at me, if you just turn around and look at me, you'd be made whole. You begin the process of being made whole to where I can truly satisfy your soul. I think it was Pastor Damian Giacchino when he came and he spoke in October. He said, the only answer for an unsatiable heart is an infinite God. The only answer for an unsatiable heart is an infinite God. And that was what I began that day. When the Lord stopped me in my tracks at Ray, that was, that was the journey that he started to take me on. And when we talk about beholding the beauty of the Lord, as I began to behold the Lord, I began to be very, very, become very aware of my own brokenness that led me to broken relationships. If you're in here and you've been through relationship to relationship, you have the woman, the woman at the well uh, history. There's no condemnation that is to you. Let me tell you something. You're in this house, not by coincidence, but because the Lord wants to bring healing and wholeness and restoration to you. He wants to clear up his name with you. Because he's been misrepresented. You've gone about with some misconstrued ideas and some, some, some different misconceptions about who he is. But he wants to clear his name. He wants to speak with sweet nothings to you that would return you back to him. So he can make you whole. So you can behold him. And so he can make you whole. So, again, I began on this journey of one thing. Becoming a one thing worshiper. And that one thing wasn't going to be marriage anymore and it wasn't going to be it wasn't going to be uh looking for love in all the wrong places and the thing is this is that I had everybody else fooled but myself right because everybody else is looking on the outward and there's only thing he's still a search of heart and discerner of motives and as the Lord began to deal with me he just be he began to bring healing he began to bring wholeness as he explained who he was and his heart for me. And the thing is this, is that unchecked desires are extremely dangerous. And understand that setting him as the one thing is not a once and done thing. It's a constant, constant cycle. It's a constant battle of having to set the Lord in his appropriate place in the throne seat of your heart, right? So whatever desire you fill in the blank, you fill in the blank because every good thing and perfect thing comes from above, right? It comes from the father of light. 
So that means I believe with all my heart that he gave me the desire to want to be married, but the desired unchecked is extremely dangerous. The desire unchecked is extremely dangerous because you're carrying this promise, right? You're carrying this promise and the longer that you walk and the longer it doesn't happen, the more thoughts come. Right. Because, you know, we have the accuser of the brethren that's constantly whispering lies in our ear. But because of the the disillusionment that we're living in, it, it seems true. And the lie that I began to believe was that God was holding back from me. He's not who he's he's not faithful, at least not in, not to you. He's not faithful. But it wasn't until I looked upon the Lord to God stopped me in my tracks and I began to behold the beauty of his of the Lord and to see who he was. I began to be so uncomfortably aware of where I am, of where I was, the brokenness that was present in my life that I was trying to make up for in other relationships. But his heart is that we would be made whole, that we would be made whole in his presence, that we would be fulfilled in the fullness of who he is, that he is more than enough. He is more than enough. He is the only one that can satisfy. Thank you, Jesus. So what I realized is that I needed a new heart. I needed a new heart. I know we know the miracle that is Pastor John that sits before us. And we as a church have gotten a new heart. But there was one thing I began to ponder about. And I know I've mentioned it before is that as I realized that I needed a new heart. I remember the Lord speaking and saying to me, he says, you know, it's your responsibility to renew your mind. But a new heart is my responsibility. And there's no quote, there's no limit on how many times you can ask for. I'll give you one as a new one as much as you need. I'd give you a new one as much as you need it. So I just begin to ask the Lord to create in me, create in me a clean heart, oh God, and renew the right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, God. Create in me a clean heart. That word create means to make something out of nothing. Because I had nothing. I had nothing. I was undone because I behold him. I began to behold him and see the Lord for who he was. I began to see me for who I was too and realize I need a new heart. So I began to ask the Lord, create in me a clean heart, Lord. Create in me a clean heart, God. Create in me a clean heart. And I feel like I've probably asked for it a million and one times, but he said, keep coming to me. Keep coming to me. Keep asking. Keep asking. I, I, I will always answer. I'm faithful to answer you. I'm faithful to deliver what you asked me for when it aligns with my will. So I said, Lord, give me a clean heart. Give me a new heart. Renew the right spirit within me, Lord, to where you are my one and only desire, my true and only one thing that I pursue, God. Make me a one thing worshiper that all I desire is you. That all I desire is you. So I want to pose a question this morning to whether you're single, whether you're married, but all of us can find us a whoring after something else at one time or another, right? We can all find ourselves in Gomer's shoes where, where we're running for the very love that is pursuing us because we're looking for love in all the wrong places. We're looking for lowercase l love when love, capital L, love himself is pursuing us. Here it is, we're prostituting ourselves. We're prostituting the gifts that we're meant to be offered to our one and only, to everybody and, and, and anybody. All of us can be found 
with a divided heart at one point in time or another. But what I want to ask you this morning, and I want you to ask yourself is, what is, what am I being distracted from? What am I being distracted from? What is distracting me? What am I chasing while the Lord is chasing me? What is the call that I'm neglecting? What is, the, what is the assignment that I may be neglecting? You know what? And for some of us in our single season, it, it may be the assignment of self. And not, um, and not in the secular humanistic self-help book way. I'm talking about dealing with you. Dealing with the brokenness that God wants to address and bring healing to your, to your life with, right? Listen, so the woman at the well, when the Lord met her, when Jesus met the woman at the well, he asked her about what he already knew about. And the Lord is doing the same thing to some of us, right? God never asks a question he doesn't know the answer to, right? But he wants to hear from you. Because No, do you know where you are? I know where you are, but do you know where you are? He was like, go get your husband. Well, I'm not married. Yeah, you're right. You've spoken right. And neither were the other 10 million that you've been with. But it wasn't to shame her. It wasn't to shame her. It was to bring redemption to her. So when you behold the Lord, and I'm challenging every person that's in a season of singleness or where the Lord is moving on your heart if you're married and this, song, this, 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 this message is hitting in all the right places this morning, here's what I want to ask you. I want to ask you, what are you avoiding? What are you be avoiding beholding and, and looking upon at yourself? What is the Lord trying to show you about yourself that you've been trying to fill with stuff with everything? What is the void that the Lord is, is desperately trying to bring healing and redemption and wholeness to while you've done everything that you can and you're spinning your wheels and nothing, sit, nothing fits, nothing suffices? What is it? Talking about singleness of heart. Singleness of heart. Now, just on the pragmatic side, let me let some air into the room. Listen, singles, I, it's, it's hard being single. Can I get a witness? Oh, it must be easy for y'all, you know what I'm saying? But it's difficult being out here. Listen, let me just say this and leave it at that. It's just, just because I'm up here under these lights doesn't mean that I'm not facing the same stuff that you're facing out there. Hello, it's quiet in here. Okay? But being single is difficult. And, and, and just this kind of a soapbox I'm getting on, Protect your heart on what is what you're feeding your heart. Protect your protect your faith gates on what you're listening and giving an audience to. Because there's a lot of trash out there that sounds right, but it's like, mm, nah, it's trash. It's absolute trash. I can't tell you how many times it's just been so upsetting. I'm talking about Christian people, people that name the name of Christ that are talking about. Oh, one in particular was a, a panel of males. And, and, and there were Christians and even pastors on the panel. And the man that said the name, name of Christ told him, his, said his pastor told him to get the Bible and the booty. <laughs> what? <laughs> get the Bible and the booty. You get what I'm saying? So it's like if we're, we're list, if we're not list, if we're giving audience to the wrong things, like, it's like, you know what? It makes me think of Elisha when he was saying, when he was like, dude, I'm alone. No, there are, there's, there are others who have not bowed their knee. And as a single person, listen, single person who has a desire to seek after God, listen, we're always going to struggle. There's always going to be a fight to live in a righteous and walk the straight and narrow. But let me tell you something and encourage you. You are not alone. There are others who have not bowed their knee to this secular humanistic 
opposite way to the ways of the world. And let me tell you something. Then you hear it. You heard it here first. Listen, it is not. It is not for us. Fornication is not for us. Fornication is not for us. The Bible is very clear when it says fornicators. It's not just the homosexual. Sorry to bust your bubble. And it's, it's not. It says it about sorcery. Those who are soothsayers. Those who are manipulators. It says a whole laundry list in, in Galatians chapter five about those who will not inherit the kingdom of God. And fornicators are one of them. And I'm not here to get on your case, but I'm here to give you the truth because I love you. And I want you to know that the Lord sees. He knows. And he says that he's not been tempted in ways that are that we don't know about. He knows exactly what we're dealing with. He knows exactly how we're being tempted, but he made a way of escape. And I want to tell you this morning, single person, that there is a way of escape for you. And I'm not talking about just keeping yourself physically pure. I'm talking about keeping your heart pure. Purity, let me give you a working definition of purity, is to live without mixture. It's to live without mixture. You're 100% solid, sold out for the Lord. But here's the thing, is that impurity has been made to be common and okay. That's why it's important for you to know the word for yourself. So you're not, you're not buying into a lie with your life, something that you can't get back. Let me tell you something, single person in the room, you are not alone. You are not alone in this endeavor to, to, to chase after God. Don't let this world lie to you and tell you that the Lord is not faithful, that, that he's forsaken you. Hebrews 13, 5 says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. We are not alone in this, in our singleness. But the Lord is wanting to address our hearts in this single season to where we are one thing worshipers, to where we can say with conviction, Psalm 27, 4, one thing have I desired of the Lord and that will I seek after. You know, when it, you know, when I talked about Psalm 37 for um, delight yourself also in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart and how it became it, it was kind of an unspoken manipulation trick. Right. But God cannot be manipulated. And the thing is, this is he's given us the desires in our heart in context of subject. It was me. God put the desire in my heart for marriage, but marriage had taken on and become a whole idol to me. And the Lord will not share us with anyone or anything else than himself. He will not share himself. It says he's a jealous God and his heart is after us. And he's given, he is, he has proven his love over and over again with the ultimate act of sacrifice, which is giving Jesus, Jesus, our groom, our bridegroom. And let me, t- let me make something very clear. Uh, men are the bride of Christ, just like women are sons of God. And he is determined to present, him, to present unto himself us, a bride without spot or wrinkle. Will you be presented without spot or wrinkle? Will you just decided and determined in your heart, in your single season, that you're not going to waste your years. You're not going to waste this season of singleness by, by prostituting your, your emotions, prostituting your, your heart to different things and different idols and sacrificing yourself, your time, your love, your affection unto things that will not satisfy. And you're left empty and left disillusioned because you were entitled. You had a sense of entitlement. You know what the cure for entitlement is? It's gratitude. It's gratitude. There was one thing that I sought after for the Lord, and that was I, want, I just wanted to be married. It didn't seem like it was a lot. And I'm like, Lord, this is all I wanted. This is all, I, but, but what did I get? 
I didn't get married. I mean, I had a whole plan mapped out. Listen, I said by, in my, to myself, I was like, by 25, at the latest, I'll be married. I'm 38 now. <laughs> I mean, like, by this time, I'm supposed to be celebrating, like, 13 years of marriage and two and a half kids, a dog or something, right? And be careful what you behold. If you behold your bitterness, you'll become bitter, okay? If you behold your bitterness, you be, you'll become bitter. Because I looked at it years back, and I was like, you know, all I wanted, that was all I wanted. It seemed so simple. And it was like, why can't you just give, why, you can't do this for me. I moved back home and all my friends that were single with me are now married and have family. So it was like, oh, this, is this some type of sick joke now? Like, what, what, you know, what about me? What about me? What about me? What about, I've, I've served you all this time. This is all I want. It was simple. I just wanted to be married. I wanted to have a family, and I just wanted to serve in the local church. It wasn't, I'm not asking. I feel like I was asking a lot. I didn't get that. What I did get was end-stage renal failure. (laughs) I did get that, you know? And in the process, in the process, I I had to shake myself and remind myself that as I was turning my heart to the Lord, as he was, as he was speak, speaking sweet nothings to me and turning my heart towards him, I had to remind myself that I will not allow life to lie to me about who you are. I will not allow life to lie to me about, about your character to me. And it's something about beholding the Lord. It's something about beholding the Lord. When in Isaiah chapter 1, when he was like, woe is me, I'm a man of unclean lips. And the angel took the coal from the altar and cleansed his lips, and he made him different, right? He made him different. Nothing changed about the atmosphere, right? But that God is wanting to do the same thing with us in our respective season, whether you're single, whether you're married, is that when you behold him, you behold him for who he is, you behold his beauty, but you also become aware of who you are. But he touches you and he changes that. He changes you, not your situation. And let me tell you something, that as the Lord began to touch me and change me and create in me a clean heart, He's renewed my perspective on this single season. Let me tell you, these have been some of the sweetest years that I've ever had in my life, and I wouldn't change it for anything. Is it easy? No, it's not. But the Lord's grace has been on. His grace has been sufficient in these times, these difficult times. I've seen it for myself. I've seen it in my own life, how he would never leave us nor forsake us, no matter what it feels like, that he is present. He is the ever-present help in times of trouble. He is our strong tower. He is our shelter. He is our refuge. And he will never leave or nor forsake us. So in the midst of me turning my heart towards the Lord, him creating me in a heart, a clean heart, and me looking upon him and beholding his beauty, he began to change me. He began to change me. I began to learn so much about him in this season. Listen, don't waste this time. Don't just sit up here and wait idly by on whatever God has promised you. Yes, the promise giver is going to do exactly what he said, but don't hold the promise higher than the one who gave you the promise. Don't idolize the promise over the one who gave you the promise. Don't idolize the promise over the one who gave you the promise because you'll find that you wasted what you needed when the promise gets fulfilled. You wasted the time. That time was meant as preparation for whatever it is that the Lord has promised you. 
And the thing is this, is that we are a bride either way. And I've settled in my heart and have fixed my heart on the fact that the truth, excuse me, that I am a bride either way. Whether God brings me a natural bridegroom or not, I am the bride of Christ. And he will, he will present me to himself without spot or wrinkle or blemish. And it's only by his grace and his mercy that he's able to do so. And the same can be said for you this morning. The same can be said for you this morning as I bring this to a close. If you're in this room this morning and you find yourself in the shoes of of Gomer where where you've gone out and you've dressed yourself up to prostitute yourself in some even it may be even in more than one way. If you've been from relationship to relationship and you came up empty and you found yourself lacking and found wanting. The Redeemer is in the house this morning, and he's wanting to restore you. He's wanting to say sweet nothings to your ear and bring you back to himself. He's wanting to, to draw you close to him. He is married. He is taking the, he's in covenant with us. He is in covenant with us. Though our hearts like the, the children of Israel have gone astray, he is in covenant. He says, I am married to you. I am married to you. I am married to you and I'm willing to restore and redeem you from the damage and the things that you've suffered, even by your own fault, by your own hand. I'm willing to restore your heart to better than it was before. I'm willing to give you a clean heart. I'm willing to give you a new heart. I'm willing to create the newness of life inside of on the inside of you. I'm ready to give you a new start. We can start over right here, right now. Just come to me. Just come to me. Just come to me. There is no brokenness that cannot be healed. There is no brokenness. There is no emptiness that cannot be filled with his presence. He is more than enough. He is more than enough. As I honestly believe that David said, one thing have I desired of the Lord and that will I seek after that I may dwell in your house forever that I inquire in your temple and behold the beauty of the Lord that I may behold the beauty of the Lord there's something that happens when you behold the beauty of the Lord it changes us we begin to be transformed by his presence We begin to be transformed and changed by his presence. Nothing about our circumstances. Our circumstances may never change. But something you got to consider is maybe it's not the circumstance that God's wanting to change. Maybe it's you. And it is. Spoiler alert. It is you. It is us that he's wanting to change. So if you're single in in the house this morning... I'd like you to do something really brave for me. Would you come to the front as we close, as we we bring this message to a close? If you're single, I'd like you to come to the front. And I know we I joked around in the beginning, and I you know I made some comments and joked around, but you're not alone. You are not alone. You are not alone. You are not alone. You may be in here, you may be single, you may be like, I don't even want to be married. But you know what? The same, same, same rule, same principle applies. The Lord is after your heart. The Lord is after your heart. 
God is after your heart this morning. God's after our hearts this morning. And that's whether you're single or married. But I just want to speak to the singles for a moment this morning. This season of your life is precious. And I want to encourage you to lean into the presence of the Lord in this season of your life. Lean into the presence of the Lord. Like I said, I wouldn't trade these single years for nothing in the world because I got to know him. I got to know him. Paul talked about in Philippians chapter 3, he, if anybody had everything going for him, it was him. He was born from the right tribe. He had all, he, he, he had all these accolades. He, I mean, his resume was dope. But he said, I counted all a loss that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. You're not suffering alone. And I want to encourage you, instead of looking at the pain and being overwhelmed with the pain of maybe what's in this season, the things that you're having to, to, to work through that God has brought up with you, that, that you, it would be easier to walk away from, I want to challenge you to lean into the suffering on account that he is fellowshipping with you in the suffering, in the suffering and what this seems like the unanswered prayers and what seems like you've been forsaken, I want to remind you, you are not forgotten. You are not forsaken. So, Father, I lift up every person under the sound of my voice right now, Lord, that is in their season of singleness, God. Father, I thank you for opening the eyes of their heart, Lord, flooding them with light and understanding, God, of the opportunity that is before us, Lord God, to know you in an intimate way, Lord, to know you concentrated and focused, Lord God, to where we can truly and completely be yours, Lord God. I pray that you would wrap your loving arms around every single person under the sound of my voice, Lord. Father, I thank you that as you're touching as you're touching their mind in your presence, Lord God, I thank you, Father God, for renewing them, Lord God. Thank you for creating in us a clean heart and renewing a right spirit within us, Lord God. Father, I thank you for restoring purity, Lord God. You said for your shame, I'd give you a double portion. And Father, I speak that truth, that promise over them right now in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that for their shame, they would receive a double portion, Lord God, as they give and surrender their lives to you, Lord. I thank you, Father God, that you would meet and be everything that they need, they need you to be, Lord God. Father, I thank you, Lord. And I pray for those who have said in their hearts, Lord God, you're listening to our hearts, God. Those who have said in their hearts that I could not truly be satisfied. How could Jesus be enough, Lord? I pray that you'd reveal yourself to them in a very real way, Lord God, that you are more than enough. You are the only one that can satisfy our souls, Lord. And though that you, you who have called us is faithful, to keep us, Lord. Father, I thank you for keeping us, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that we will protect our purity, Lord. Purity of heart, purity of mind, God. Our, our, our physical purity, Lord. I thank you, Jesus, that we will be set apart, Lord. I declare every person under the sound of my voice, Lord God, that you are set apart. You are set apart for the master's use. Sanctified. No longer will you, will you take any more careless steps. No more careless steps. No more careless steps. No more careless steps. But I thank you for purpose. Purpose, God. Purpose and intent, Lord God. Purpose over their lives, Lord. I speak destiny over them, Lord God. I speak wholeness over them, Lord God. Father God, that they wouldn't be crushed upon the rock, but they'd be broken upon you. You're the safest place for us to be broken, Lord. So I just thank you, God. I thank you for the work that you've begun in our hearts this morning, Lord God. Let it continue by your spirit, by your grace and goodness. In the name of Jesus.
in the name of Jesus. If you agree, give God a praise and say amen this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.